grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well. This podcast is getting larger by the week and reaching more people. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe and review the show so that it will get out to more individuals. I have gotten so many comments on how listeners are enjoying the variety of guests that I have on my show, and I get excited each time I get to interview a new person because I know I'm going to get the opportunity to learn something new or be honored to hear the journey my guest has gone through. My guest today was kind enough to share both. Jamie Hazelton offers her insight on what makes her coaching different from others, and she shares how she came out to her family. Now, if you find that you are interested in working with Jamie, make sure that you head over to her website and connect with her. And you can find that information in our show notes. So here is my interview with Jamie Hazelton. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. I'm so glad that you are here today listening to myself and my guest, Jamie Hazelton. Jamie is a wellness coach for the LGBTQIA plus community. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So you are a wellness coach. Tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. Basically, I like to describe health and wellness coaches as like a three-prong approach where they help people create behavior change. It's a partnership where we work with each person to help them with their individualized goals. And then we help enhance holistic health and wellness. So I particularly help LGBT people, individuals, specifically trans individuals, live within their authentic truth. Awesome. Now, did you know that you wanted to be a wellness coach since you were a little child? (laughs) I had no idea. So, you know, I've always really cared about people. And I was at my former job, which is actually a collegiate hockey coach. And I loved the players. I loved working with the individuals, but I saw them more as individuals rather than hockey players. And I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my purpose working with them. So I happened to stumble upon uh, my graduate degree and I went into that interview and now here I am just by happenstance. (laughs) Wow. So the stars just kind of aligned for you in that sense. Yeah, they very much did. I had no idea, had no term. I had no idea what I wanted to do and just happened to fall upon something that was in my backyard and I took advantage of it. And now I'm loving every moment of it. That's awesome. Now, why did you choose the niche of the LGBTQ plus community? I know I get that asked a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. especially for the trans community. So what was your journey into this niche? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of it comes with my own personal experience. So I am a trans individual. I came out about 10 years in transition now for about a decade. And a lot of it is empowered by my own journey and my own narrative and my own struggles that I've had. And the LGBT community and the trans community is a place where I find home. And I see also a lot of struggle and need for allies and people just to help individuals live within their authentic self. So a lot of it comes within that. And what would you think is the number one thing that any coach maybe working with trans individuals should know about working with that community? Yeah, this is awesome. So I just did a a diversity panel where we talked about people from all different walks of life, of race, ethnicity, 
sexual orientation and gender identity. And the biggest thing I think is seeing people as their whole self. So we have labels and we have identities, but those labels and identities don't encompass all of ourselves. So being able to sit with the entire person, whole of who they are. And I feel like so often there can be a, a hyper focus on the the trans-specific problems, but being able to take a step back and just be with the entire client and who they are is just a very powerful thing. And I actually came into contact with that idea lately because I was looking up some information on imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. for the LGBTQ plus community. And it really focuses on sexual orientation and gender while, you know, the other research is really focused on, well, people don't feel like they're living up to their standards or they just happen to make this success. And it tends to be more towards the heterosexual individuals. And so it's like, Mm -hmm people are seeing it as two things. Like, is it possible that somebody who identifies as trans can also have imposter syndrome with like their success, you know, and have Mm -hmm. nothing to do with their sexual orientation or their identity? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a narrative that gets stuck all along. Like, you know, not even just from my own personal narrative, even just going into the doctor's office where I come in and I have like, I have an illness and, and, mention, I, I get asked all the time, are you pregnant? Well, no. How do you know? Well, I, I'm trans. I can't have mm-hmm. a child. Um, and then they all the time they go, well, let's talk about your trans issues. I'm like, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here yeah. for that reason. I, I've talked about it plenty. I don't need to talk about this. I'm sick. I need help with that. Mm. Yeah. It's just amazing how, you know, society we're learning, but there's mm-hmm. still definitely a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say as being a wellness coach is like a small nugget of information or like a tip that anybody could use to increase the happiness in their life or live their authentic self? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's like, what I believe is identifying what your true needs are and what's the narrative you tell yourself. Is the narrative that you're telling yourself serving you? And are you really truly identifying these needs? I feel like there's a lot of needs that are covered up by other presenting factors like anger. You know, anger is usually the 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 cover, the protector, but there's something underneath that anger that really needs help. So being able to dive deep in whether that's with a professional, friends, community, whatever that is, and just being able to to work out what are those true needs that are being neglected, working through those. Now, I always say that everybody should have a coach slash therapist at one point in their life. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I have had coaches and I have had therapists and I would not be here today because of that. You know, I I hated the fact that I was transgender. I saw myself as less than and I didn't I really didn't truly love myself. And without the help of a therapist and coach, I would never have been able to do that deep work that was needed to really embrace and love who I am. So I definitely think it's it's needed for everyone. Mm-hmm. And would you say that you've kind of overcome those hurdles or do you think those, those things kind of crop back up as life cycles go on? Yeah, absolutely. And I think they crop back up, but it's all, it's all about developing a skill set. And I think that's what working with a therapist or coach really does. It it helps you develop your own personal skill set to help you recognize, have that self-awareness to recognize if those things are popping up and then what to do when they do come up and how to navigate those hurdles. 
And I think that comes into play with most stuff that we struggle with, even like our childhood stuff. It's like, I thought I was over this. I'm like 45. Like I'm still mm-hmm. having like parental issues, but you know, it's like, it's interesting how we get triggered in certain ways and those things just kind of crop up. And it is good to have somebody to be like, I'm here for you. You know, it's natural to have these things come back up again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's just the way life tends to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, as humans, we like to put things in boxes and say, well, this is done. Let's move on to the next thing, move on to the next thing. But it's not. It's just like a giant ocean of randomness moving all around and we never know what's going to come up. So being able to live presently in the moment and have that awareness and tool set and continual check-ins is just so important. And I think it's also important for people who support each other to know that too. Like, you know, that stuff is going to come up again, you know, and just be mm-hmm. able to support them. Like, yeah, we went through this five years ago. I'm here to support you again, so, you know? Yeah. So, well, right now it's in the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, New Year's Eve is coming. Do you find that a lot of people are contacting you and saying like, I want big change for 2021? Yeah. So the right now it's just like with the pandemic and everything that's so focused, everyone is just like very overwhelmed. I have a lot of individuals who are contemplating, not even thinking about 21 yet because they want to come out for their holiday season and that's creating a lot of stress and so forth. So it's, it, I feel like with everything that's going on, it's just looking to tomorrow. And even I kind of feel this way, even though 2021 starts in very soon, I feel like I personally, it feels like months away, but that's just how 2020 is so far. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And when you say like a lot of individuals are thinking about coming out to families during the holiday season, what is your thought around that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what it comes down to is I was thinking about this this morning and I was talking to some people online and it really comes down to the individual. And when it comes to coming out, it's it's very individualized process. And I think it comes down to community. Do you have that community support? Do you have that education for trans people? I, I don't want to segregate here, but like for trans people particularly, there's a lot of questions around medical components, if they are going to medically transition and so forth. So having that education around that and then the time. So if the person has that time and they feel that's timely for them, absolutely, I want to be their support, but it's an individual basis. But really, it comes down to the, yeah, the individual. Mm-hmm. And like how safe they feel with the family and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. And holidays tend to be stressful all together, just in general. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine like having this extra weight on you going into the holiday season could be really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And that was like kind of me with my coming out story too. And I came out over Thanksgiving to my sister and that was the first person I ever came out to and having that additional stress is so much, but you know, there's blessings and curses and whatever is a blessing can also be a curse and what's a curse can be a blessing. So sometimes that additional stress is very needed when coming out. It can be very helpful. And was that planned or did it just happen naturally? I planned to come out to my sister. So this was uh, about a decade ago. And I I was one of the trans people where I, I, I couldn't see my life moving forward. I, I was near desperation mode. And so I just, it was kind of a last ditch effort. And I, so I planned it and I talked to my, my sister about it and, you know, slowly and surely kept on moving on and, and coming if out you to the next people. Don't mind sharing. How did she respond? 
She, my sister is extremely supportive. Uh, she, you know, she was, um, we grew up in a rural high school in Northern Minnesota, but she was a person that always was an LGBT ally, especially within my school. We're only 18 months apart. We're one grade level apart. So very close in age. And she was awesome. She was very supportive. She, like most people, there's questions that she asked because at that time, trans wasn't a common word and most people didn't know what trans was even a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So she had some out there questions that I wasn't prepared for, but at the end of the day, she was super supportive and it really was the, the launching point into who I am today. So I'm very thankful for that. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now you have a YouTube channel? Yes. Yes, I do. I have a YouTube channel. It started off trans focus and it started off just me um, talking about my transition tips and stuff along the way. Um, and then it's kind of evolved. And so now I'm kind of evolving it into my scope of what I do and, you know, leading off with how to empower the individual, create motivation and, and have it still very trans focused and talk about, you know, things that are very unique to the trans community and how mm-hmm. to navigate those barriers and challenges. Do you ever find that you get burnt out talking about that topic all the time? Yeah, you know, I, I absolutely I do. And Mm. and that's complete honesty. I do get burnt out talking about trans stuff. But again, that's where it comes to talking about the whole self and identifying and having that self-awareness. So, you know, YouTube is that one strong trans community that I have. But, you know, if if I'm not feeling it, I'm very intuitive based. If I'm not feeling it and I'm not inspired in that moment, I take a break and I go do something else that defines me and is important to me and taking those breaks. So it's all about creating that balance for me. And have you found that people feel more connected to you because they can see you on video and like interact with you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, you know, when it comes to transitioning, I've had, um, you know, everyone has their own unique story, but everyone has a story with very similar components to it. And a lot of trans individuals, you know, I just got done with one of my trans groups and the biggest thing is like finally having that connection, having that space where you can talk and be with someone that you relate with. And that's why I started my YouTube channel to begin with is because I was inspired and I related to those people that I watched on YouTube. And then I'm hoping, and I I feel like I am one of those people for other people that first resource of saying, yes, there's someone that's like me. I can relate to them. And I get asked a lot is by clients is like, how can I find my community? Do you find that Facebook groups right now are very helpful? Yeah. So Facebook groups are in and out. So my, my group was on Zoom that I had. So, but Facebook groups I have, you know, it can be a very powerful thing where I feel like people, yes, they connect, they have that Facebook group. But then I feel like there's also this important of having face-to-face interaction. That's important. Mm-hmm. But I think what Facebook groups at bare minimum allow for is a launching off point into finding a community or an individual or someone that can you can relate with fully. I like to say this too, like like I mentioned, the ocean metaphor where we're all moving around. Sometimes we can really, I can really relate with trans individuals and everything that they say, or sometimes trans is the only thing we have in common because Mm -hmm. we're all individual, we're all unique. So being able to find those other commonalities, trans and beyond, is just extremely important in finding that community. 
So how would one go about doing that? Would they kind of see who's in the group and like kind of get a, a vibe from them and maybe like send them a message or how, how does that happen? Or can you give any tips on how to like make friends online? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so the biggest thing is, is I think putting yourself out there and being authentic within yourself And I heard this advice the other day when it completely random, but when it came to like business networking, right? It's like, well, you network the same online as you do in person and same in person as you do online. And taking that advice into a trans building community, I think it's the same thing is, you know, interacting, being out there, what are your interests and just exploring and whether that's a very dilated focus community that you want to focus on or using an approach where you kind of scatter and go everywhere and try to find, I I think it's, it's very individualized, but as long as you control your authentic self and allow yourself to not put too much pressure on you, but just navigate whatever, wherever life takes you. I think, I think that's where you'll find your community. Now you said that you do a Zoom group. Is that something that's a part of your coaching or is that just a community building thing? Yeah, absolutely. So I it is a part of my coaching and I just finished that one. So that one was called Trans Exploring Feminine Options. And so it's helping people who are trans and feminine presenting express their authentic self and how, how they can navigate and move through that. Um, that group finished up awesomely. And now I'm kind of thinking and toying with the idea of creating another group of called owning your own transness. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing with that narrative, you know, I had that narrative within myself where I saw myself as less than, and I've really had to change my perspective. So helping people create a narrative of their transness and owning that in a way that truly serves them. So, yeah. That sounds like an amazing group. <laughs> yeah. The first one was super exciting. I loved every moment of it. I had a great turnout. I had people from all over the world that joined. So all the different diversity is super exciting. Um, so I'm really excited about launching this next one in the new year and seeing how how people react to this one. Now, how can people join that? Yeah, absolutely. So what I do is I do, for me, I do individual-based coaching. So I have people at least bare minimum do a 30 minute session with me individuals, just so we can get to know each other and see if we're a good fit and seeing if the group would be a good fit, because that's a huge thing is finding people that you're compatible with. And then it's a process that goes on to there. And then once after they're with the individual coaching for at least that 30 minute session, they're invited to join the group. And then that group will continue on. And that that's part of like the group offerings that I have is And do you find that people continue to keep those relationships even after the group's over? Yeah. So I I have my groups and then I have a Facebook group that connects everyone. So making that's a space for them to connect. And then I do also, I, I will be starting here at the beginning of the year, a monthly group for everyone that is on my individual Facebook group to, you know, have that monthly catch up and that monthly brush up. Cause as we were talking about earlier, you know, it's important to have those times where you brush up, things come up, even though if you thought you're over them, you're not and have to brush those up. So I do have those brush up monthly groups as well. Nice. Mm -hmm. And so the Facebook group, is that private or is that public? Yeah. So it is a private group. It's, you know, in for the trans community and LGBT community, obviously safety and confidentiality is extremely important. Uh, You know, I have individuals who are not out yet for trans people specifically, 
there's a lot of us that have one Facebook that is one of us and then another Facebook that's another of us. And so creating that secure and safe place or whether that's your own Facebook or whatever, we have that. And so I make sure that that is a safe and confidential private place for, for my group members to be a part of. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for doing that for the community. I mean, that is just a great resource for people to know is out there and that they can have that community and be with other people who understand what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of this comes from, you know, what I wish I had when I started coming out, because at the end of the day, I I had the idea where it's just like, I wanted to be individual and stick through it and put my nose down. I lived as stealth for a long time. And, and just giving a space where you can feel accepted and loved is so important. And I I really do want to create that space and help people create that their definition of a successful transition. Awesome. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing all this with us. And we'll make sure that in the show notes, we'll put your all your information, all your links so people can contact you um, and check out what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll talk to each other soon, I'm sure. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, if you feel that you resonate with Jamie and what she is offering, make sure you reach out. If you haven't done so already, make sure you join our private Facebook group and connect with other queer and creative individuals at Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative Podcast Facebook group. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Bye.